Snoop Dogg has given up Mary Jane. Perhaps the most famous puffer of jazz cabbage in all the land is giving up the devil's lettuce. In an Instagram post, Mr. D-O-double-G wrote, after much consideration and conversation is... No, he didn't say that. He said, after much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. By which he, of course, means the Haitian oregano. And Snoop concluded, please respect my privacy at this time. Many fans of the felonious rapper are rushing to all sorts of conclusions as to why he might give up the sin spinach after all these years. And to them I say, hold up. Hey, for all those fellas who be thinking he's soft, Snoop don't play. I'm confident that he is going to rock it till the wheels fall off. I say, hold up, hold up. Hey, for all those fellas who be acting too bold, take a seat. I hope you're ready for the next episode. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. For those just listening, I want to make it perfectly clear. I am implying that Snoop is going to switch to smoking Mayflower cigars. That is, I do, I know if you saw, if you're watching it, you saw me point at the box. I want, I don't want anyone to miss my implication here. Also speaking of pop culture, Joe Rogan and The Rock are trashing Joe Biden. We'll get to that in just a moment. First though, speaking of people who are obviously under the influence of mind-altering drugs, the libs have gone from trashing America to endorsing some of America's enemies to undercutting America's position in the world to now outright endorsing Osama bin Laden. The latest TikTok trend. Yeah, this gal, she goes, me, when I got news in 2011 that we got him. Yes, yeah, great. 2023, reading Osama's letter to America, knowing he was right. He was right. Actually, before you even read the letter, I did want to mention, in reading the letter, I could only think of this tweet that I saw the other day. Under settler colonialism, any kind of resistance is branded as terrorist because the only acceptable violence is violence by the occupier. So please keep that in mind when reading the letter. Um, We really need to stop paying taxes because they ain't doing nothing but messing up everybody else. And, and America is the bully. And it's sad because they have brainwashed us. So that's right there, a letter to America, in my planet, opinion, take planet. care or leave it. When in reality, we're the worst country in the planet. It is just insane because this letter is so well written and so reasonably structured um, in an argument. Like, you got to present your findings, you got to, you know, you got to state your cause. All that, like, everything he said was valid. Hmm. Hmm. If you haven't read it, Osama bin Laden wrote this letter to America after the 9-11 attacks. And I guess Zoomers are just discovering that. I remember reading the letter many, many years ago, but uh, the Zoomers have just discovered it. But they seem to be selectively reading the letter. I'm I'm very excited for the, the libs who are promoting the letter to America by Osama bin Laden. 
I can't wait for these libs, all of whom voted for Hillary in 2016, to get to the part of the letter where Osama justifies the 9-11 attacks in part on America's failure to punish Bill Clinton for the Monica Lewinsky affair. I can't wait for them to read the part of the letter, the many parts of the letter that contradict all of their behavior. I'll just give you a little snippet. The letter, the letter's not too long, but I'll just give you a little snippet here. Osama bin Laden, in the letter to America, writes, why are we fighting and opposing you? What are we calling you to and what do we want from you? Because you attacked us and continue to attack us. You attacked us in Palestine. Palestine, which has sunk under military occupation for more than 80 years, the British handed over Palestine with your help and support to the Jews who have occupied it for more than 50 years. Okay, that's the part that the libs like because the libs are anti-colonialism, anti-imperialism, anti-settler, anti-white people, anti-British, anti-American, and anti-Jew. Okay, they like that part. Keep reading, though. The people of Palestine are pure Arabs and original Semites. It is the Muslims who are the inheritors of Moses, peace be upon him, and the inheritors of the real Torah that has not been changed. Muslims believe in all of the prophets, including Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. Okay, do they believe that part? Do they believe? There's obviously been a dispute for a long time between the Muslims who believe that they are the descendants of Abraham through Ishmael and the Jews who are the descendants of Abraham through Isaac. And, uh, you know, in, in the book of Genesis, it's pretty clear that uh, those two lines are not going to get along very well. Then you add the Christians into the mix, the Christians who view the church as the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the fulfillment of the Old Covenant and who view our Lord Jesus Christ as the new Adam and who view the church as the new Israel and things start to get really, really complicated here. Do the libs really, they believe in all of that? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. They say, yeah, the the Arabs, they're the real Semites and the Jews, they're not. Okay. Well, what about this one? You attacked us in Somalia. You supported the Russian atrocities against us in Chechnya, the Indian oppression against us in Kashmir, and the Jewish aggression against us in Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Go, go get them, Osama, say the libs. That's right. Those Americans, they keep, they keep uh, interfering in places all over the world. Okay. Then, then the, you get a turn. This is why the American people cannot be innocent of all the crimes committed by the Americans and Jews against us. What are we calling you to? What do we want from you? The first thing is that we are calling you to Islam. (laughs) So all these libs here, you know, many of whom are Reddit tier atheists, I suspect. Do they agree with that part of the Osama letter? That they all need to convert to Islam? That Islam is the true religion and they all need to convert by the sword? (laughs) Is that something tells me that the TikTok libs are not quite on board with that one? How about this one? We call you to be a people of manners, principles, honor, and purity, to reject the immoral acts of fornication, homosexuality, intoxicants, gamblings, and trading with interest. <laughs> they agree, do they agree with that one? Do they, did they put the bong down long enough <laughs> to, to uh, agree with Osama that any use or production or trading in any kind of intoxicating substances whatsoever is extremely haram and needs to be? Uh, stopped. What about homosexuality and fornication for that matter? Are they going to be cheering on that part of the Osama bin Laden letter at their next pride parade? <laughs> Is there, there's going to be a section of the, of drag queen story hour where they read Osama bin Laden's letter <laughs> about how terrible fornication and homosexuality are. The libs embracing that part, they say, it's saddening that you 
to tell you that you are the worst civilization witnessed by the history of mankind. Certainly the libs agree with that. Uh, you are a nation who, rather than ruling by the Sharia of Allah in its constitution and laws, chose to invent your own laws as your will and desire. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's true, but the, the libs like that. That's exactly how the libs view the law. The libs view the law not as something that comes from an eternal moral order or an ordinance of God, but rather as something that we just invent, man. You know, it's just whatever the people want. That's what we get, you know, man. So uh, they probably don't agree with that part. Uh, then he goes after the drugs again. And then, and then my favorite part of the letter, who can forget your President Clinton's immoral acts committed in the official Oval Office. After that, you did not even bring him to account other than that he made a mistake, after which everything passed with no punishment. Is there a worse kind of event for which your name will go down in history and remembered, be remembered by nations? I love that. All these lives who, if they were alive during the Clinton era, excused him, defended him, said that's his private life. He, every man has the right to privacy when he's boinking an intern in the Oval Office. Abs how dare you suggest otherwise? That's why we support Osama bin Laden now. It seems a little confusing. Not to put too fine a point on it, you don't actually have to hand it to Osama bin Laden. You never, you never have to hand it to him. He doesn't have to have a point. It's okay. The libs, though, are attracted to the letter by bin Laden, in part because they hate America, and he hates America, so the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But, but also in part, I think, for the same reason that Young men living in Great Britain 10 years ago, young men who maybe were immigrants or the children of immigrants, but who grew up in perfectly bourgeois British middle-class lives, decided to give it all up and join ISIS. Forget about the immigrant people. Even the white guys. There were white people who would go join ISIS. <laughs> Why? It seems insane. Why would you leave Britain or France or America even to go fight for some Islamic militant group? Because... You read that letter by, the, the, by Osama bin Laden or any of the radical Muslims, and you see that these people believe in something. They believe in something beyond mere physical comfort. And, and that is attractive. But unfortunately, those guys never ask the next question, well, what is it that they believe in? Yes, there's something beyond the material world, but what is it that they believe in? Is what they believe in true or is what they believe in false? Is what they believe in good or is what they believe in wicked? And furthermore, what should we believe in? Are we all just going to become Muslims because Osama bin Laden told us to? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. It's more compelling than just sit around on your iPhone and believe in nothing, I guess. But the, the, the reason, the reason that the libs in the year of our Lord 2023 can post a TikTok trend like this and be, be swayed by the, the ravings of a Muslim terrorist from 20 years ago is because we don't know what we believe anymore. We had a religion too. We had a civilization too. We had beliefs beyond the physical comforts of this world too. And we have consistently given them up for intoxicating drugs, for weird sex stuff, for derelict behavior, even among our most prominent politicians. That, yeah, we did give all that up. And that, now we have a crisis of faith and a crisis of identity. And as the cliche goes, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. We got to talk about these things. When you want to talk, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com slash Knowles. If you're looking for a killer Black Friday deal, I've got one for you. A free Moto G 5G phone from Pure Talk. No gimmicks, no trade-in necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, and 15 gig data. 
You can get all this for just 35 bucks. You will get the Moto G 5G phone for free. Phones these days cost so much money. Well, you get it for free. The new Moto G 5G boasts a two-day battery life. That's outrageous. An exceptional quad pixel camera and a whole lot more. This is a great deal, but you will need to move fast because the phones will be sold out by the end of the month. So if your current phone is on the way out, upgrade for free with PureTalk. PureTalk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. Make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get this exclusive offer and select the plan that is right for your family. That is puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with a qualifying plan. That is puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Pure Talk, simply smarter, wireless. Speaking of political activism, the governor of California, Governor Patrick Bateman, doing business as Gavin Newsom, has a new booster, maybe a new endorser, and that person would be President Joe Biden. I want to talk about Governor Newsom. I want to thank him. He's been one hell of a governor, man. Matter of fact, he could do anything you want. He could have the job I'm looking for. Whoa, hold on. Everybody knows that Gavin Newsom is running for president. He hasn't declared, but he is effectively running for president. He's traveling the country. He's talking to the press and saying, you know, if only I were president. Ha ha, I'm just kidding. I'm just being sarcastic. But, you know, if only I could be president, there'd be a lot of things I would do. And so what's going on here? Is is Biden teasing him? Is Biden warning him? Is he saying, hey, pal, I know what you're up to. Wait your turn. Or is he suggesting that he would hand over the reins to Gavin Newsom? It could be any of those options, but it it certainly could be the latter. Joe Biden is very old. I don't think he wants to willingly give up power. The man's wanted to be president since he was in the womb. I don't think he just wants to give it up willy-nilly and go down as a one-term president. But he's super old, and he is not up to the job. And this is what's crucial— he hates his vice president. He hates her. She, her presidential campaign was, was oriented toward calling him a racist. Remember, that was Kamala's big moment during the 2020 debates, was saying Joe Biden is a racist, and he put black men in prison, and he opposed busing, and didn't want me, a little girl, Kamala Harris, to get a good education. That was it. That was her, that was her chief pitch at the debates. He doesn't like her. He only picked her because he boxed himself into a corner and said, I have to pick a black woman to be my VP. And the options before him of prominent black women who could have been chosen for that job were Susan Rice, Susan Rice, who was the fall man for Obama in Benghazi. That wasn't going to work. Karen Bass, who's an actual communist and not a very impressive woman. And Kamala Harris, who's also not that impressive, but was relatively moderate and could have plausibly gone along with the Biden line. But he doesn't like her. Who's he going to pick? He's going to pick Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is not going to happen, guys. I know that there were some over-credentialed, upper-middle-class suburban white liberals who were on the Pete train, but Pete ain't going anywhere, okay? To quote Donald Trump, Alfred E. Newman is never going to be president of the United States. It's not going to happen, especially after Pete Buttigieg screwed up the easiest job in the U.S. government, transportation secretary. You should not know the name of the transportation secretary, and yet that guy managed to screw it up with many transportation crises under his reign, which he wasn't even present for because he was on maternity leave somehow. So it's not going to be him. It could be Newsom. Newsom's a very impressive political figure. And 
Joe Biden's numbers are in the absolute doldrums. So there is a possibility that if if he is not going to win, if, if his party is going to turn against him, if he gently anoints his successor, that might look better for his legacy than if he gets tossed out by his own party. But his party doesn't like him. You know, Joe Rogan was just talking to The Rock. And Joe Rogan is an independent voter. He was a Bernie bro. Then he signaled that he kind of liked Trump. He never really liked Biden, probably too establishment for Joe. He's talking to The Rock. The Rock for many years has been rumored to be a Republican, but he's endorsed plenty of lib stuff. I think he endorsed Biden in 2020. These these guys are probably pretty decent reflections of the American populace at large. Here's their conversation about the sitting president of the United States. When I was a kid, you could have a Republican friend. Like, it, did, it was no big deal. Yes, yes. It's no big deal. Like, oh, Bobby likes George Bush. Of Who course. cares? Who gives right. a f- You know, you were a supporter of Bill Clinton. He liked George Bush. Nobody cared. Nobody like f- you. You yeah. know, it wasn't like, you're a Nazi. Like, I'm a, what do I mean? I'm a Nazi. I just want lower taxes. That's like, <laughs> what the f- are you talking saying? about? How did I become a Nazi? Dude, it's, a, it's the craziest thing. I have friends who support Trump. I have friends who support Biden. I have friends. Do you really have friends who support Biden? I do. <laughs> Come on. Well, no, 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 no. Here's here's what I do. I have I have friends. Thank you. That's a good check because that's important. <laughs> this is important context. They support the Democratic Party. I have friends who are loyal to the party. Yes. <laughs> oh no! Devastating <laughs> and really great catch by Joe. Because The Rock is trying to do this thing that entertainers have done since Michael Jordan and long before that, long before Michael Jordan. He made it famous by saying, well, Republicans buy sneakers too. But it's the notion that I don't want to alienate either side of the political aisle. So I'm, yeah, I've got friends who who support Trump. I have friends who support Biden. And Joe just leans in. He goes, BS. No, you don't. <laughs> Nobody supports Biden. I know for a fact you don't have a single friend who supports Biden, right? And The Rock looks at him, he knows he's caught, and he goes, yeah, okay, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, but I have Democrat friends. But even the Democrats hate Joe Biden. And they don't hate him with passion. I guess that's, that's even more of an indictment of Biden. Nobody passionately hates Joe Biden. He's just so, so unimpressive. He's just the guy who was there. I mean, in part, that's why he got elected. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's how he wound up president, is because he was just totally acceptable and not exceptional or impressive in any way. He had been around Washington, D.C. since 1752, and he had never rocked the boat too much. He doesn't really believe anything. He'll just go wherever he feels the wind of his party is blowing. Even his corruption is not that impressive. Clinton corruption is really impressive. The Clintons formed this foundation. They went all over the world. They collected a ton of money. They shook down foreign governments totally in public view. Bill Clinton's flying around on Jeffrey Epstein's private airplane. He's flaunting it. They're flaunting their corruption. It was so outrageous and in your face. Joe Biden, he's sending his son around, his drug-addled son, to go shake down some oligarchs in Ukraine or in China, or it's kind of behind the scenes. And it's just, even that, even the corruption is just so mediocre. Nobody supports him. So what's what's that going to mean? It's going to mean that if the election is fair, and if the Republicans can fix the way that the Dems rigged the voting in 2020, 
then a Republican has a pretty good chance of winning. And who is that Republican going to be? Almost certainly it's going to be Trump. But on the undercard right now, among the people who are running for that number two spot, if something happens to Trump, if they finally take him out of the race, then that person's going to be ready in the wings to go. Most people thought it was going to be DeSantis, but the person making the biggest moves right now would appear to be Nikki Haley. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, you want to look good. You got to look good in politics. You got to look good in your life. You know, come on, look good, feel good. Means you got to check out GenuCell. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. If you can believe it, Thanksgiving is next week. Just in time for the holidays, GenuCell is offering their best sale of the year. Right now, you can get 70, 70% off GenuCell's most popular package, which now includes GenuCell 3, their newest under-eye treatment. GenuCell 3 will have you looking 10, 15, even 20 years younger. It uses advanced technology to deliver complex vitamins and minerals directly to your face for instant hydration. Say goodbye to fine lines, crow's feet, under-eye bags, and dark spots. GenuCell will have you looking and feeling your absolute best, guaranteed, or your money back. No questions asked. Our talent manager, Tessa, loves using the GenuCell under-eye cream. A lot of people at this office love GenuCell, but I can't tell you how good they all look because HR will yell at me if I do that. But GenuCell, this is the real deal, man. The GenuCell products are all made with the absolute highest quality ingredients. And right now you can get an incredible 70, 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. I asked, how can you afford to, to discount this 70%? Is it just a big markup? And I was talking this to the founder of the company and he said, no, no, we're going to lose money when we do that. But we are so confident that you're going to love the products that you're going to keep getting the products for years and years into the future. Get results in 12 hours or less. The immediate effects are included for free. GenuCell.com slash Knowles, 70% off, plus free priority shipping. GenuCell.com slash Knowles. My favorite comment yesterday is from David Aloha 5084 who says, if an American statesman visited China, do you think they would hang red, white, and blue banners to make him feel more at home? Uh, they would if America were China's biggest creditor. <laughs> they probably would. That's, that's an under-discussed aspect of the story of San Francisco being painted red for Xi Jinping. Everyone, they clean up the city. Uh, for years, we're told we can't clean up San Francisco. We need to let the homeless, drug-addled criminals run roughshod over all innocent people and have filth throughout the streets. And then they find out that the communist dictator of China is coming to town. Whoop, overnight, boom, here we go. Everything's clean. Then they've got red flags hanging from the buildings. Yeah, well, in part, that's because the liberals like ch Chinese communists more than they like us. But two... China's our creditor, man. They own a ton of our debt. We need them to keep lending us money or we won't be able to sustain our bloated and decadent empire. <laughs> so yeah, if the roles were reversed, they probably would hang a little red, white, and blue in the streets. That's, that's how empires work. Back to the presidential race. Nikki Haley surging and she is going after one man in particular. And that would be Mr. Vivek Ramaswamy. What happens? He comes out of the gate. He hits the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform. And then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. Yeah. I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. So Nikki and Vivek obviously do not like each other very much. Vivek in the last debate called Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in three inch heels. At one point, he, he went after Nikki's uh, association with the defense industry. 
And then the part that really got under her skin, he, after she had attacked him for being on TikTok or her campaign had attacked him or something like that, he went after her and said, well, your daughter was on TikTok. At, at which point she said, you are scum on the debate stage. And now she's saying, you know, he's got a problem with women, basically. So a lot of conservatives are going to recoil against this and say, oh, Nikki, that's a liberal tactic. You're playing the woman card. This is some feminist stuff you'd see out of the Democratic Party. Come on, give me a break. But my answer to that is, I don't know, why shouldn't she play it? Why not? It's politics. This is a dirty business. This is a dirty, nasty business. They're all going to rip each other apart. And so if that's if that is a card that Nikki's got up her sleeve that she thinks is going to work, I don't know, it's a it's a tactic. I don't know, it's not a tactic that I would use in part cuz I'm a man. But you know, she's a, a woman and can play that card. Okay. Fine. If I were advising her campaign, I would have cautioned against that a little bit. Cuz I would say, well, Republicans don't like identity politics. They don't like the feminist stuff. Maybe it's I just don't think it's going to be effective. But it would appear that I would have been wrong in that advice because Nikki's campaign is doing great. It's not doing great, great in that Donald Trump is still 50 points above everybody just about, but it's doing great relative to the rest of the undercard. Nikki is surging. And according to a new Emerson poll, Nikki is now in second place in New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis is down to fourth place in New Hampshire. Now, the real headline of the poll is Donald Trump has 49% in New Hampshire. So statistically, half of New Hampshire voters in a field that's still, what, six people? I guess Tim Scott's dropped out, so now it's five people. Trump still has 50% of the vote. It's not even close. But Nikki is now in second place. She's got 18 points. And she's ahead of everyone else, including Ryan DeSantis. So the field is winnowing. And I always feared this would happen for DeSantis, who I really like, who I really support, who I think is a really good politician. But as I've said before, I won't belabor the point. He was kind of a man without a home because the thing that made him so great is the pitch that he was Trump 2.0, bigger, better, faster, stronger, more disciplined, more this, more that. Uh, But his role in the race was to be the anti-Trump candidate, which the campaign seemed to believe meant he he would have the best of both worlds. He could pull from the Trump supporters and he could pull from the political establishment. But in reality, he he seems to have alienated both camps because the real Trump supporters support Trump. They got the OG in the race. They're not going to support the new guy. And the establishment doesn't like what Ron DeSantis has actually accomplished in Florida, which is being much more conservative, kicking the woke stuff out of the classroom, going after Disney, wielding the power of the state against corporations, sending migrants, sending the illegal aliens up to Martha's Vineyard. That's stuff that I love. I coming from the conservative wing of the party, but it's not going to win you any support among the never Trumpers or the establishment. So then you're a man without a home and someone like Nikki Haley, who has styled herself for her whole career as a much more moderate centrist kind of Republican, she might be able to take that support. It's, it's that old adage, if you stand in the middle of the road, you, you might get hit by a truck. There's at least clarity. I don't think that's going to work for Nikki Haley in the end. I still think Trump is going to keep his 50% and walk away with the nomination, barring some unforeseen catastrophe. But it could give her a, a better shot at second place. Now, on the Democrat side, there's another man running for president, potentially. That would be West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. Are you seriously contemplating a run for the White House? I'm going to do everything in my power 
to make sure and mobilize that moderate, sensible, common sense middle. That could be a center left, center right. So it could be a person who's involved in the grand old party forever. But they basically say, well, you know, my Democrat friends over here, the old blue dog Democrats, the middle's gone. There's not many of us centrists left. And if I can reinvigorate that, and I said, I will do everything that I possibly can. I'm totally, absolutely scared to death that Donald Trump would become president again. I think we will lose democracy as we need it, know it. I do just want to stick with what your thinking is right now. Just to clarify, just to put a fine point, I know you haven't made sure. any decisions, but are you considering running for president? I will do anything I can to help my country. Is that a yes? And you're saying, does that mean you would consider it? Absolutely. Every American should consider if they're in a position to help save the country. I think we're on the wrong course. So I will do everything possible. He wants to run. He obviously wants to run. And he's he ex- apparently explored a no labels run as an independent candidate. Now he could he could run as a Democrat. To me, the key here, the key figure in his thinking is not Joe Biden. To me, the key figure in his thinking is RFK Jr. He's RFK Jr. is styling himself as a 1960s Democrat. I'm a Kennedy Democrat, you know? I'm Look, my name's Kennedy. I'm a Kennedy Democrat, and I'm a little more moderate and a little more centrist, and that's why you should vote for me. And Joe Manchin's looking at that and saying, hey, Bobby Kennedy, you're not a centrist. What are you talking about? You're an extreme liberal on most issues other than the COVID vaccines, which is why you have some conservative support. But, but on a lot, especially in the environment, for goodness sakes, you're an extreme liberal. And you, you've convinced people you're a moderate, and you're walking away with one-fifth of the Democrat vote right now. Whoa! And there was a poll that came out last week. In a three-way race, you put a real dent. You, you're a real player in this race. Whoa! Well, if you're the fake moderate, what about me? I'm an actual moderate. I'm Joe Manchin. I'm the centrist guy. Everyone likes me in the Senate. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a big, cool football quarterback. You know, I'm the guy in high school that everybody likes, even the Democrats and the Republicans. I... I pal around with everybody. Maybe I should run. That's what we're seeing here. Now, before we get to the mailbag, my favorite time of the week, I do want to get to someone who will not be running for re-election. That is George Santos. George Santos is not running. You know, he's the guy who he got caught with all these lies and deceptions and frauds. And he's a really colorful character out of New York. I have defended George Santos from resigning uh, for, a, for a long time, more than most other Republicans, probably. And the reason for that is that Santa, I'm not denying that Santos has done all sorts of terrible things or that he's a disreputable figure. I'm, I like that DeSantos is in the Congress because so many of the other Democrats who pretend to be respectable have done the same things. Oh, what happened? George Santos lied about his ethnic background? Gee, you know, okay, talk to me more about that, Elizabeth Warren. Oh, George Santos had some corrupt financial dealings. Oh, tell me more about that, Joe Biden. Uh, what I liked about Santos in the Congress is that he just exposes the iniquity and the hypocrisy of the libs, which I think is terrific. But I'm not calling on him to resign, but he says he's not going to run for re-election because of this ethics probe. I do want to point out, while I get a kick out of Santos because he is a meme and because he, he shows the Democrats for what they are, Fraud is really bad. The stuff he's accused of, and it seems like there's good evidence of, is is not only that he defrauded people, but that he defrauded his benefactors and that he appears to have a consistent track record of doing this for his whole life. And that is really bad. Fraud, treachery, defrauding your benefactors in particular is, in the divine comedy, 
the very lowest of all sins. That puts you in the very pit of hell being gnashed in the mouth of Satan because it is a sin against love and against voluntary love, and it's just so profoundly evil. And so I don't want to gloss over that. He's funny. He's a meme. I get a kick out of it. I'm not going to call on him to resign, but I'm not upset that he's not running for re-election. You know, it's, it's all fun and games until you're being gnashed in one of the mouths of Satan in the Lake Cositis, the Cositis River in the very pit of hell. Then, it, then it's a little bit less funny. Black Friday is coming and the Daily Wire has the best deals around. Starting Monday, get 50%, 50% off a Daily Wire Plus membership and all kinds of amazing deals on Jeremy's Razors products and tons of merch from our Daily Wire shop. There is something for everyone. Go to dailywire.com slash Black Friday and get the full guide to all of our Black Friday deals. Do not forget to tune in all next week. Find out more. Remember, these deals start on Monday, run through Cyber Monday, but we will sell out fast. Do not wait. Get the guide and start checking off your holiday shopping list. One more time, dailywire.com slash Black Friday for the best deals of the year. All right, it's time for the mailbag. This mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, today to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with a qualifying plan. Take it away. Hello again, Mr. Knowles. It is Daily Wire's favorite bass player coming at you with another question. Congratulations on the cigars, by the way. As an avid cigar aficionado myself, and you being the inspiration for me starting a cigar club in the unofficial Daily Wire Discord, I wanted to wonder, would you ever consider going on a cigar tour to have cigars with the fellow creme de la creme? I can happily say that I've had a cigar with Mr. Davies uh, in this Discord. I know you would probably get swarmed by fans if you were to partake in such a thing. But would you ever consider bringing your cigars to a local cigar shop in states across the country and sell tickets for people to sit down and have a cigar with you? Or would that be too risky? Anyway, I'll let you know what I think of the Mayflower once I receive it. Thank you. You know, I think that's a great idea. I, I think that's a really great idea, and I'd love to do it. I am a fixture at, at cigar lounges all around the country. Truly, when I go to a new city anywhere in the country, really anywhere in the world, certainly in the country, though, the first thing I look up, where's the nearest cigar bar? Because usually I'm traveling to go give a speech or do some political event, and or even if I'm traveling just for pleasure with my family, once the kids go to sleep, I'm probably going to go want to go have a cigar. And so it's the first thing I look up. So I've, I've been to, I'm not saying I've been to every cigar lounge in the country, but I've been to a disproportionate number of them throughout these beautiful United States. And my only holdup, on doing a lounge event, a formal one, is, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure activity for me. So I don't know if I love the idea of formalizing it in a, you know, you get tickets and there are seats and, no, it's a lounge. It's a much more relaxed kind of culture than that. Uh, and two, the beauty of a cigar lounge and conversations in cigars is that they're intimate. You know, it's just a small number of people. So, you know, you do the big event where you got 600 people in an auditorium or something, and, but then afterward you go out with six people and have a cigar. You know, that's kind of more the, the vibe that I'd be looking for. So I like the idea. We got to do something with the cigars. I totally agree. We got to do some kind of event, but I got to work out exactly what that is. Next question. Hi, Michael. I've recently started looking into Catholicism and I have a question for you. So I grew up as an evangelical and the biggest reservation I've had with Catholicism 
was that pretty consistently growing up, I noticed that my Catholic peers seemed to know the rituals, know the surface level stuff. But beyond that, there were some pretty major gaps in their biblical knowledge. Mm. And only recently have I started to question this and even consider Catholicism because I feel like listening to you and Matt talk, that seemed to contradict that idea that I had. So I've attended two masses. One was a Latin mass, but I noticed both times the homily, it did seem surface level. Both, I don't know if this is a coincidence, but both times the priest talked about love and he said nice things about it. He didn't say untrue things, but I didn't learn anything. Neither of them referenced scripture in their sermon. And to me, this seemed to affirm my previous reservation that Catholic churches don't teach the word when I compare it to my Baptist church where our pastors will spend months going through one book in the Bible. We're going through Second Chronicles right now, and I feel like I'm learning a lot that I don't think I would be able to with my own study. Um, so I'd love your thoughts on this. Thanks, Michael. Great question. Uh, it, it varies greatly among Catholic parishes. I've, I've been very lucky in that uh, my parish, the, the homilies are ex- extremely intellectual and rigorous and all those things. And that's been true of parishes I've gone to in Los Angeles and New York. And But I've, I've also been to the ones where the homily seems to have nothing to do with scripture and seems to be a little uh, breezier. Uh, all of that is kind of beside the point, though, because what you're coming up against is a fundamental distinction in what the Mass is versus a lot of other kind of um, religious services. The Holy Mass is not a classroom. It is not a lecture hall. It is not primarily about teaching you some aspect of Scripture. The Holy Mass is a sacrifice. There are other places to go learn things and listen to lectures and read your Bible. and There are Bible studies. For goodness sakes, the most popular podcast in the country, at least for a long period of time, was Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, which is a, a Catholic Bible study, 365 days through the Bible. And then I, one of the other most popular podcasts was uh, The Catechism in a Year, with, with also with Father Mike Schmitz, a very popular podcaster. So y- you can go there. There are wonderful lectures to go to. There are wonderful groups outside of Mass. But Mass is not just about teaching or even primarily about teaching. It's about the holy sacrifice. It's about worship. And, and those are different things. And they both have their place, but that's the Mass is the highest form of prayer. And so one way to think about it, I think it was Scott Hahn, actually, the theologian who was on the show yesterday. I think I got this point from him, that you might think about it as the distinction between the temple and the synagogue. The temple is for sacrifice. The synagogue is largely directed toward teaching and exegesis, and, but those are, those are distinct functions. And so th- there's a little uh, comfort there. There's a lot of comfort there too, because it means that if you go to a mass and the homily is really brilliant and profound and deep and erudite, well, great, all the better. I love that. But that's not what you're going there for. You're going there for the, the holy sacrifice of the mass in, in the blessed sacrament and the holy Eucharist. Okay, next question. Hi, Michael. Arun here. I watched with great interest and enjoyment your reaction video to that PhD lady uh, with the, apparently with the low IQ. Um, one reason I found it interesting is because we on the right regularly and rightly mock people who wave around their PhDs 
and then espouse leftist talking points. And usually these people have PhDs in ridiculous and intellectually vacuous topics like gender studies or cultural anthropology. You know, I, I don't even know what that one is. <laughs> but, but this lady had a PhD in a real subject. I think it was cancer biology. And as someone who likewise has an actual PhD, in my case, particle astrophysics, I know that this woman wasn't just sitting in classrooms being indoctrinated. She was probably working in a lab or sitting behind a screen and doing statistical analysis. So she seems like she would be a fairly intelligent person. And yet, you know, she, uh, she, she didn't do so well on the test of that intelligence. And that leads me to wonder, what do we mean when we talk about intelligence? What does it mean to say that someone is a smart person? Uh, and I'm not talking about wisdom here. I'm, I'm just talking about, you know, what we think of as intelligence. Uh, could you provide a functional definition that we could use when we are talking about whether someone is smart or, uh, or stupid? Thank you, as always, for your wisdom and, of course, for your intelligence. Well, thank you very much, Arun. Excellent question, as always. To the first part of your question, uh, I just don't know how she ended up in that program. I don't know how she graduated from that program. I agree with you that if if you have a PhD in cancer biology or particle astrophysics, you are much more likely to be, certainly particle astroph astrophysics, you're much more likely to be intelligent than someone who has a PhD in some fake nonsense critical studies department. Uh, but even in the harder sciences and the more serious academic disciplines, the universities have, over the last many decades, lowered standards because they insist on uh, social engineering and filling the ranks with certain politically correct groups. And so I, I just don't know how rigorous her education was. I don't remember exactly which schools she went to. I don't remember how much active recruiting of whatever politically correct aggrieved group she can check the boxes for uh, took place at that school. I don't know how much of her work and publications is actually her own work and how much of it is she just put her name as a co-author on some paper. So there, there's a lot of wiggle room in there for someone to get that kind of a credential without really having the the intellectual fortitude to, to do it herself. Uh, but as for a working definition of intelligence, it would seem to me that the intellect is the highest uh, faculty of the soul and uh, that it ultimately comes down to discerning truth from falsehood. So you are keenly drawing a distinction between intelligence and wisdom. I'm not sure that they're quite so easily separated. You know, Given the distinction that you're making, then one would have to say that intelligence is just, you know, the the uh, sheer ability to focus and process information over time, right? It's just a, like like some engines run a little faster than other engines, is I, given the distinction you're making. But I'm not sure it totally works like that, which is why I don't deny the, the reality of natural advantages, things like IQ. But I, I also don't put too much stock in them because it just seems to me that— uh, People who are, are who have a, a raw intelligence that's very very high, but who are trained in habits of the intellect and and habits more broadly of, of the will that are uh, not conducive to dis discerning truth and beauty and goodness. Those people are going to wind up seeming really stupid later down the road. And even people who don't have quite as uh, robust a natural intelligence, people who are are well-formed and trained in wisdom are just going to come off as much, much smarter. I mean, frankly, you see this in a lot of the, I travel to a lot of universities 
the universities that supposedly have the absolute highest tippity-top standards when it comes to SAT, ACT, standardized testing. A lot of those kids come off as pretty dumb because they don't know anything. I mean, they're, 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 the things they know, they don't know very well. And many of the things they know just aren't true at all. And then they, they show great ignorance in basic aspects of, of knowledge that they should have had a decade prior. Whereas you go to schools that don't require such high SATs, but they're a little more properly uh, ordered. And those kids know their Aristotle much better than I do. You know, So uh, I, I, I guess I just am skeptical that you can actually separate those two things in a very mechanistic industrial, computerized way. You know, it, it tends to be that our theories of the mind are uh, reflect the dominant technologies of our era. You see this with uh, Freud and the steam engine. You see this today with the computer. We talk about processing information. I just did it myself. We talk about downloading information or uploading our consciousness or whatever. And I, I just don't know that you can really separate those. Okay, we've got more to get to. More mailbag and Fake Headline Friday. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member and use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. 